You, you can be seated, if you will, if you're new or you're a guest today. Uh, my name is Jeff Eaton. I'm the pastor here at Hope Church, and, and welcome. Uh, today's a different day, not a, not a typical Sunday for us. We are going to do two things today. One is we're going to, uh, we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. Uh, we'll be doing that first. And then uh, later on in the service, it becomes a day of, uh, of giving. So when it comes to communion today, we're serving you. We, we do both things. Uh, we usually have it in the altar at least once a month. And you come and you can take it in the altar or take it back to your seat and take communion. We also uh, have it where we serve you. And uh, today we're going to serve you. So uh, we're, we're doing that because uh, of the picture of uh, servanthood. We want to be hands and feet to you today. Uh, so just take that as a, as a way of being served. We also, uh, when you get the element, we'll do the bread first. Uh, just keep it. Just keep it. We'll all take it together as a, it's a symbolic, it's a symbolic gesture of unity and harmony within the church. And then uh, we practice open communion. If you're here and you're from another church and uh, you belong to the Lord, followed in baptism, we, uh, we ask you to be a part of that with us. You're welcome to be able to take that. It, it is a time for you to examine yourself. I'm not going to examine you. I'm not going to do that. That's not my role. It's a time for you to examine yourself of where you are in the Lord. And uh, when you take this, though, I do want to give you this. You're telling the Lord that you love him and that he's Lord of your life without saying a word. Just participating in it is, a, is testimony that he is Lord of your life. <clears throat> so we'll be doing that first. Uh, when it comes to giving, there's something you need to go ahead and start doing now. There was an envelope on your seat. Inside the envelope is a three by five card. Uh, we want, whether you're giving money today or, or not is irrelevant. We want to hear something from you on these cards. Uh, I want to hear a praise report. I want to hear some good news. Uh, nine out of 10 of my messages are bad news. So I want to hear good news. I want to hear what you're thankful for. I want to hear about God's faithfulness in your life. It sounds like I'm getting ready to preach like I'm from Eastern Kentucky, right? I want to tell you, Lord, you know, it's, it's, like I'm on a roll, like I'm on a roll there. So, uh, but we want, we want you to, what are you thankful for? Give me a praise report. On the other side, give me a prayer request. How we can pray for you? How can we join you in prayer? I, I will, between now and Tuesday, I will, I will probably go through every one of these. And then after that, I, I give them to our staff. Uh, I don't give them all of them. I divvy them up. And then our staff takes these and uh, it, it stays confidential with them. And then they give extended praying uh, to uh, your prayer request on the card. So uh, you're going to need, if you're going to give this later on, you need to start writing on it now. So that's why I'm telling you, take that card out, give us a praise report, give us a prayer request, all that's there. And, and then if you're giving in some other way later on down the road, you want to tell us that, that's up to you. Uh, you can communicate to us uh, on this. So you got it? Get that three by five card, start working on that. 
some who are, are thankful. The ones that get me are the, the ones who are younger in our congregation. And they'll say things like, I'm thankful for my mom and my dad, you know. Those, those kind of things get me. And uh, then there's one I read one year, and uh, it said, I have a wonderful husband, and it was signed Julie. And I, 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 so I, I, uh, I like that. But in, in, any, anyway, that's like something Jason Gilbert would write right there. That's, uh, yeah, I, that's, that's what something Jason would do. Uh, so uh, in, in, anyway... And if you're new to our church, I try to make this as personal as I can, obviously, as you've already seen. So we're grateful to be here today. We're going to remember and we're going to give today. Uh, this, uh, this Joash offering is an offering I will explain in greater detail here in, in just a moment. So we're going to start with communion. If you all are serving today, we ask that you come to the table uh, to join us. These people are going to be serving you today. Um, and uh, I, uh, I, I am, uh, I'm excited for us to be able to do this in, in such a way of serving you. Uh, we, we give thanks. I want to give thanks in advance for your faithfulness. At the end of the service, we'll kick you out of here with a bit of housekeeping, but it's going to be, um, it's going to be the fact that we're going to remember how he's been with us in, uh, in uh, uh, celebrating our 25th anniversary, you've been faithful, and, uh, but he is faithful, and we want to remember that today. So uh, let's look at Luke 22:19. In Luke 22:19, says, and he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, he gave it to them and said, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. He simply on that night took bread, and before he passed it out to him, he said, this represents me. I was sent for a reason. And they gave thanks for the body of Christ. Let's bow and let's give thanks together. Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus, uh, your only son, heaven's best. You sent him to us and you gave him to us. You gave him to us, uh, Father, for rescue and for sacrifice. And today, we remember his body. Not only a body that was on mission, but a body that was willing to lay down his life. And so we say thank you for Jesus and his body given. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. On that night, uh, it was a simple meal know that people in the New Testament, the book of Acts, would uh, just have a common meal and they'd be talking about what the Lord has done. And that meal would turn into a time of remembrance. I was raised as traditional as you could be raised. I was raised where communion was reverent. You didn't say a word. I mean, it was this absolute silence. Uh, and I, I, you know, from um, embroidered cloths all over it, you know, that we had to have that's fine if people want to do it that way. But guys, it, was a, it wasn't a flamboyant time. It was a simple meal. And in that meal, they remembered. Jesus used it as a teaching. He used the bread even to be symbolic. It's not turning into the body of Christ. It just resembles the body of Christ. And he's the bread of life. And I've taught you this through the years. 
I will always teach this because I don't believe it's, it's, it's any coincidence whatsoever. He was, he was prophesied to be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem in Hebrew means the house of bread. And from that, he would go on and teach that I am the bread of life. So the bread of life is born in a city called the house of bread. I don't think that's by accident. I don't believe it's by accident that the Lord uh, fed the people in Israel manna every day. As the old preacher said, they had it fried, fricasseed, casserole, and baked, you know? They had it every way you can imagine. And it's, it's, not, it's not by accident that he did that. And then later on, Jesus would say, that manna that you thought you got from Moses was coming from the Father. And that bread, it, it, it's me, it's me. Daily bread gives you sustenance, but me, my bread, is abundant and eternal life together. Let's look at John 6, 32 through 35. Jesus said to them, I assure you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the real bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one comes to me, no one who comes to me will ever be hungry and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. He came to rescue. And in that rescue, he came to sacrifice his body. Sin has to be paid. Our God does not sweep it under the rug like we do. It has to have a penalty. And Jesus said, I will pay that penalty. I will be that lamb. He came to rescue us. And in that rescue, he sacrificed. He sacrificed his body. We gave thanks. Take, eat, and remember the sacrifice of Jesus. On that night, he took the cup. Look at Luke 22:20. 20. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant established by my blood. It is shed for you. And they gave thanks for the blood of Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you in sending Jesus to us and we thank you for his blood shed. For without his blood being shed, we would not be forgiven. We would not be able to work our sins off. We would not be free. So we thank you for the forgiveness and the freedom that we have in the shed blood of Christ. It's in the name of Jesus, the one who gave, that I pray, amen. You would think about why his blood had to be shed. In, uh, in our world, blood stains. It's hard to get out. In his world, in the world of God, it is what he uses to cleanse us. Sin in his world is what stains us. And his blood, the blood of his son, is what, is what brings cleaning to us. You've got to understand that. 
sin owns you. We were all, are you, are you listening? We're all condemned. It's not that unbelievers are gonna be condemned later on. Unbelievers are condemned already. It's not future tense, it's really past and present. When you and I were unbelievers, we were his enemies. And we were condemned already. And when we were saved, it was the blood of Christ over us that made us whiter than snow. And so without his shed blood, there'd be no cleaning of our sins. There'd be no forgiveness of sins. And sin is like chains that wrap you. I mean, you're, you're owned, you're bound. And it was his shed blood that released that. So without the shed blood, there'd be no forgiveness of sin. There'd be no freedom that we have in Christ. Look at Ephesians 1, 7 for just a moment. We have redemption in him through his blood. It means he bought us back. Redemption means he, he paid a hefty price for us. We're worth it. And that is his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Then look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. A little simple teaching here. They, they conquered him, being the enemy, Satan. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives in the face of death. The picture here is, it's in the right order. The first way that we overcome the enemy is through the blood of Christ. We're marked people by the blood of Christ. It's his way of saying to a world, the dark world that you can't see unless he reveals it to you, these people are mine. They belong to me. So the first way we defeated the enemy was through the shed blood of Christ. That's the first way. Uh, the blood of the lamb, it cleansed us, got rid of the chains. And the second way is by the word of our testimony. Sometimes we forget the first one. But that, the first way is the way you defeat the enemy. And we continue in that defeat of him by the word of our testimony. It's the gospel. Listen, there's a lot of people here today. You can't convince me he's not real. I, I don't need you to further my faith. Do you all hear what I'm saying? It's already there. I know who he is. I'm confident in who he is. I have my own eureka moments with God revealing himself to me. And so our testimony is about the gospel. I know when he rescued me. I can tell you when he rescued me. His grace found me. So our testimony is about the gospel and the gospel has power in it and that power is over the enemy. And so two ways you defeat the enemy. The first one is through the shed blood of Christ, the blood of the lamb. The second is my testimony of him is true. And it's a testimony of the gospel and the gospel has the power over the enemy. Nothing can stop the gospel of Christ. Do you hear me? Don't, don't give up in doing good. You hear me? Don't give up. Some of you are going to want to just wait till he comes with a bus. We've got work to do. Don't give up doing good. You're, we're weary. You'll get worn out doing good. But don't give up. We'll reap a harvest one day because of all that he does for us. The shed blood of Christ and the word of our testimony 
is revealing as to what he has done in our life. We remember his sacrifice today. We remember his shed blood today. So drink and remember the sacrifice of our Lord. I want to leave you with a, a last verse before we go into our giving time about communion today. It's in the 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns or comes again. I want you to see that today. Even our communion together today is pointed toward the return of Christ. This is a great segue as we head into Advent in a couple Sundays. Because in Advent, we remember his coming as a babe, and then we remember his return to us today. And so our, our, our uh, highlight of this is be ready. Be ready for his return. And when we take communion together, we are saying we are ready. We are looking for the return of Christ. When it comes to the Joash chest, we, uh, we got this a number of years ago from Scripture. Uh, and we've been giving you a leaflet or a little brochure out in the lobby for a, a bunch, of, bunch of Sundays for you to read about it uh, in 2 Kings 12 and 2 Chronicles. And uh, the, the temple was in disarray. A lot of things were, were out of place and needed repair. And so they just put a chest there. Joash the king put a chest and people gave to it and they used it. Uh, we, uh, we got it from scripture, number one. We got it from a church outside of Memphis called Germantown. Uh, a church is called Bellevue Baptist there. Uh, Adrian Rogers is a pastor there. He's gone to be with the Lord. Uh, so there's been some pastors follow him, but we learned it from them. Uh, we even sent people there to go see what they do uh, with a Joash chest and the way they built their campus and even retain their campus is through the Joash chest. And uh, we, we do this as well. We, we use it to keep things going. Uh, this week, I mean, this, this building hardly gets to breathe. Uh, it, it is used day and night. It is, uh, this week, it's been seven days a week uh, that we've been using it. Uh, yes, yesterday we had a, a wedding here. I'll talk about that a little later. But it, is, uh, it, it just helps to offset uh, what we do and how we keep things going here. Uh, we've got a little slide for you to be able to see. Uh, I think last year our giving to Joe Ash was about 101,000. I'm, I'm close. Uh, but uh, then this, this is actually what we spent just on things here. You, you even see fertilizer up there. We take care of a ministry in Eastern Kentucky uh, where we supply all these round bales of hay to these people because they have no pasture. And it's a way to keep up their stables, which they use for ministry. So uh, we've used this and we even spent more than what you gave in Joash, but we thank you for that. We, we have a lot of things happen. And this is one way that we're being able to give and to be able to sustain the use of our property and in even our buildings. I uh, wanna give you a challenge on giving for just a moment. Um, some people could have not come today because there can be intimidation uh, when it comes to giving. Uh, usually a good church argument happens over money. 
And uh, everything you know takes money to run it, everything. There's absolutely everything. But it's not about money when it comes to the church. It's about him having your heart uh, more than anything else. Uh, we're going to read some scripture here in a moment, but um, it, it's, uh, it's important for you to, to be challenged. I remember I started tithing when I was 15 years old. Nobody made me. My dad just set that example for me. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't mean in a, my dad was a pastor, but not, not in a belittling way or you've got to do this, you know, you live under my house, you've got to do this kind of way. My dad just taught me how to tithe. And I've been tithing over, over every check since I was 15 years old. I even dedicated myself. I, I did it the good Southern Baptist way. I just came down the aisle, you know. And I gave, my, I gave my, my tithe right. You know, I brought it with me during the invitation and, and gave it and had my dad pray with me over this. Uh, folks, he asked us to trust him in every area of our life. And it includes our finances. Every, it includes, it's a mystery. I love teaching people how to live a first fruit life. And that includes the giving that we have. So, I want, to look, I want you to look at this scripture with 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 8 for just a moment. It says, uh, remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. You reap what you sow is a teaching all through scripture. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart because money is a heart issue. Is it not taught in Scripture that uh, where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be also? And in, in, uh, in, in even where your treasure is, you can flip that around if you want to. Do as he has decided in his heart, not out of regret or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. He loves a cheerful giver. The word cheerful means hilarious giver. Uh, I, I often go back to Zacchaeus. When the Lord saved him, he had evidently embezzled money from people. He came out of his house and gave back fourfold what he had taken. Uh, obviously, he had a ledger somewhere, right? Uh, hidden in the drywall. Somewhere there was a ledger of all that he had done. And he gave those people back because our giving, in our giving, we trust the Lord with the difference. Well, our confidence is in Him. There, we, we give today even because we give thanks today. Look at, look at Matthew 3.10. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me, only place in Scripture. Nowhere else in scripture does the Lord tell you to test him in his character but when it comes to finances. Test me in this way, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven, pour out a blessing for you without measure. It, it goes on to say in this Malachi passage that uh, we rob God. We rob God by not giving. And listen, I just don't want to have the heart of a thief. You know, I don't want you to have that either. It's, it's an incredible and incredible mystery. Uh, one that I love to talk about. I have more stories 
Julie and I didn't have two nickels to rub together. And the Lord has been faithful. I've got supernatural stories of how we made it through, how God has taken care of us in our life. I know some of you could get to the point where, you know, I want to get to the point where he doesn't have to do that. Did somebody out there think that just a while ago? I want to get to the point where God doesn't have his power to resource me. His desire is always to resource you. That's his desire. That's where he even wants us to be because we have greater testimonies when we speak of his resource and not our own. You know, it, the, the verse we use the most about the gospel is John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave and I'll just stop there. We best resemble our Heavenly Father when we are giving. Uh, my father-in-law, Julie's dad, uh, he can't remember Julie's name sometimes. And, and then he does remember that I'm his favorite son-in-law. He does remember that. It's because I'm his only son-in-law. But Papaw kept asking, are you all writing a check from me to our church? Are you giving money to the church? And he's in a nursing home. There's times he, get our, he gets our names wrong, he gets the days wrong, but he remembers. He remembers his heart is a giving heart. And uh, of course I would tell you that story right before we take the offering, right? Of course I would do that. So know that our giving is an expression of thanks that's why this Thursday is designated thanks and giving go together. Thus, we wouldn't call Thursday Thanksgiving. Our giving is a way that we say thank you. And that we also say that we trust you. We trust you with the balance. We trust you with the difference. And our confidence is absolutely in you. So I want to lead you in a prayer of Thanksgiving. But before I do, let's get this, folks. Even when it comes to giving in our life, all of it, we're in a time of confusion, major confusion. And a lot of our confusion is that our worldviews are messed up. And if you've gone through higher education, you've studied different worldviews or different cultures and ideologies. And I'm just going to say this as a believer and then as a pastor, my worldview comes from Scripture and comes from the Lord Himself. So my, uh, it's, it's a Christ-centered and a biblical worldview. You're going, well, Jeff, you think that way because that's your worldview. Of course I do. Uh, the other worldview we can have is it's just based around me. Any idea I can come up with, it's, just because, it's me-centered. Any way that I want to feel, any way that I want, it's, it, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, and they, their worldview is wrapped around them and their beliefs. And that's why the confusion is so great out there. Lost people act the way they act because they're lost. Their, their worldview is centered on them. And we can get angry about it. But guys, we've got work to do. We, we don't just wait for the Lord to return. Or we don't wait for a date to hope we get it right because nobody knows. You know, the angels don't know. Jesus doesn't know. Only the Father has that authority to know, but we have work to do. 
It's the blood of the lamb's already been slain. Now it's the word of our testimony. And our testimony is centered on a Christ-centered worldview, even when it comes to money. So I, I want you to leave here today. Work at it. We'll help you as a church to work at it. I, I do that every Sunday. It's a just let's, let's look and think and react and feel and do all and serve with the worldview based and centered on Christ. And that's what we do. That's even what we function. Even our giving today is centered on him. Now let's pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Father, you have been faithful to us. All I can say is you've been faithful to us. And the individuals here say you've been thankful to us. And Lord, until you return, whenever that is, let that be the word of our testimony that when I have been unfaithful to you, you have remained faithful to me. And today, our attendance, our praise, and our worship, our reflection of your word, even our giving is centered on the son that you gave us, Jesus. And we say thank you for the gift of Jesus. And we give our giving. Our giving is an act of thanks for all that he has done. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and that we pray together. Amen. Listen, there's no use rushing. Take your time. The team is going to lead us. Uh, you come as a family, ever how you give together. And I just want to thank you in advance for your gifts, for us to just carry on the seven-day-a-week ministries that we do here at Hope Church. God bless you. Let's give.